Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. It's Friday, September 25th, only 97 days left in the year, y'all. Fun fact for today, today is the birthday of Mary Allen Wilkes, born September 25th, 1937 in Chicago, Illinois. Do you know who she is? I know that name, but I don't know why. She's a former computer programmer and logic designer, most known for her work with the Link Computer. Now recognized by many as the world's first personal computer, she's noted in the field of computer science for design of the interactive operating system. I don't know if it's LAP6 or LAP6 or what for for the Link. I don't know enough about it, but one of the earliest such systems for a personal computer. (laughs) This was the hilarious part when I was reading about her this morning. She's also noted for being the first person to use a personal computer in the home. And then one of her notable quotes is, I'll bet you don't have a computer in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> that was That's the quote. Awesome. That's why I was laughing before the show with you. That's awesome. <laughs> You're like, what is what's wrong with you? Um, the uh, One of her other good quotes I found in here, she says, we had the quaint notion at the time that software should be completely, absolutely free of bugs. Unfortunately, it's a notion that never really caught on. She's 82 today. Happy birthday, Mary. <laughs> That's awesome. She seems right. incredibly important to what we do in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. So thank you for your Yeah, time. seriously. Thanks a lot. All right. We have a lot we got to get through in short order. We only have about a 22-minute uh, window now to the end of the show. And so much happened yesterday. Oof. What do y'all want to talk about first? I feel Oof. like we just got to get right into the Amazon event. Okay. Yeah. What is it? Luna, Luna Gaming Service? You want to go there? Or do you want to go like the, the drone? The uh, we can, let's uh, just go straight down the lift drone? here. I think we got it. Got let's it. Let's do it. Here. Drone okay. camera. Drone camera. I, what the? Yeah, what? Exactly. <laughs> I I am like, well, one, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the ring ecosystem. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's just not probably something I'm going to lean into. But what? A drone camera, and if it, I did not read into this closely, but correct me if I'm wrong, it is intended to be an indoor drone. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, it's an indoor what? drone. I think a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of people right out of the gate thought it was an outdoor drone. This is an right, indoor drone that launches. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wired's article says Amazon's bizarre home drone flies bizarre. around inside your home. Perfect <laughs> yeah. word. Yeah, and then and then underneath it, the the subline says, "Look at this freaking drone." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I gotta admit, it is, I mean, it is cool. Set us, yeah, it is really cool. Set aside all the other kind of dystopian absurdities. Fears. Yeah, dystopian fears, absurdities. All like, right, fair. People were like, "Well, what about doorways and and all this kind of stuff?" Or you know, what if you have a cat? Sure or I don't know. I but, have enough trust in them to to technically speaking that they're not going to just not be able to deal with doors as an example yeah. right this is this is if you're going to create an indoor flying drone you're you're probably going to have at least spent a little bit of time addressing how you don't hit doors so right. not yeah, real exactly. high on my list right. guys the 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 real opportunity here is the advertising like how are they going to show this like in a tv commercial is it gonna be someone breaks into your home it then springs into action and just chasing it around and it like pushes him out a window <laughs> like that's that's the real opportunity for this right here oh, yeah man. so it sits down into a little base charges itself takes off it's about 250 it's cool. bucks but yeah when you leave the house it takes off flies around your house it can be alerted to motion, sound. Uh, you know, it can be paired with the ring alarm, all this kind of stuff, and then and uh, fly to that location. 
did, did they talk about how much weight it can lift? Is that? Huh? I feel like I need <laughs> to know this. Like, bring me a bring me a bag of M and M's or a coffee. <laughs> can it do that? Because now we're talking. I would. I'd probably invest in a home drone to deliver coffee. One of my favorite notes about it on businessinsider.com, one of the top things at the or at the top of the article, they said, the tiny drone is arguably one of Amazon's less invasive products. It's like, okay, is that how we're <laughs> ranking Amazon's products now? <laughs> yeah. It's awful. <laughs> I don't know how like less invasive it is. I mean, the video of your entire inside of your house. And that's on the, well, the lower well, end. Well, it works past your bathroom door easily because of all that time they spent dealing with doors. Think Maybe what it. I don't know about my Fire TV devices this is that they creep around the house at night or something. Maybe they're much more invasive <laughs> than I than I give them credit like for. Like spiders? Yeah, they're like it's like Secret <laughs> House of Pets, but for your Amazon Fire devices. That's horrifying, and I love it. I'm okay when with it, spider Fire TVs. Speaking of Fire TVs, it, oh, go ahead. Well, I was I was just gonna say it just looks kind of funny going down this article. One of the other things it looks like it's highlighting is the fact like ever wanted to see who is outside your house, uh, you know, when you get a ring alarm. It's like, well, that's what the ring is. Basically it shows literally its functionality. I know. <laughs> it's the only it thing I can see. <laughs> it shows the thing taking off and going like it's it's like when you <laughs> it's like following like, them uh, down the block. A drone, no, like a drone version of you <laughs> peeking out your window blinds. Like instead of you looking, you send your drone creepy. to look. <laughs> no, it's and not. it's the least invasive product now. But now we're talking, right? Like somebody uh, doorbell ditching thing of the past. Ring the doorbell. Of course, there's a you know an actuated piston knocks the door open. Drone flies out, follows that kid home. That's yeah, that sounds like fun. Oh man. <laughs> All right, cool. We can move off of that. <laughs> well, I, oh, I think there were two good segues there. One was uh, least invasive product. So, so Amazon talked. Uh, I won't say a lot because it was like the shortest hardware event ever that had just a litany of announcements. But their neural edge processing they brought up, um, of course, getting voice processing to the edge, and also the option to delete your entire voice history, uh, and then also, I guess, set a setting that says delete it going forward. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite comments on that, and I think I saw this on Twitter, or, or maybe it was in the feed, but that's basically Amazon hinting at the fact that they do not need any more voice recordings. They have critical yeah, mass <laughs> to do all the things they need to do for, for voice, which is actually pretty fascinating, because I, I don't remember the year that Amazon first started collecting Alexa voice. I think the first time they did it, it was just a mobile assistant, if I'm not mistaken. And then they came out with the Echo devices. But it, it can't have been more than, you know, what, five, six years at, at most. And somebody's going to correct me and it's, I'm going to feel really old. But um, that's that's crazy. They're basically saying, we don't need your recordings anymore. And no, you're, you're right. November Giving you the ability. Oh, there you go. Not bad. So, um they're giving you the ability to, to process that at the edge. That, that comes with two or three really good things, in my opinion. One, probably better privacy. I say probably because there's always a big asterisk when it comes to you know, advertising and the value of being able to keep your voice if you allow it. Uh, two, faster processing because it's local. Um, local to whatever you know, home automation you're using, for instance. And then um, three is the... Wow, I had a third and it just evaporated instantaneously. <laughs> and I was on a it's roll okay. there. It's Friday. That is it's a, Friday. That's a sad feel. What there was a there's a good one. The 
What else? Oh, local local processing also means potentially, and, and this will depend on how they, they actually implement it. But um, if your internet's down for some reason, or hear me out, you don't want to allow your devices to talk back to Amazon at all, you could potentially have it process voice commands locally without ever going out to their cloud, which means that you could fence it on like an IoT VLAN, for instance, and not give it WAN access whatsoever. I have a feeling that's not how they're going to implement it, but maybe it's like initial setup, give it WAN, and then rob it of that, and it still does local processing. Like, I'm hopeful for what you could do to, to really bolster security if in, uh, in, local processing is that I'm, good. I'm scared to have you keep going um, on a short show, but where, where where's the local processing coming from? At what point in time did that come into this piece here? They they brought up uh, when I was just I think it was um, the Verge had a, a stream of updates and one of the updates that I saw that caught my attention is that they they talked about their neural edge processor. Um, oh, and, and okay. I didn't think that we, I didn't I didn't I didn't know when we swung over to that. Um, in, oh, in that. I, I, I just thought, thought we were I still talking from the about privacy the, side uh, of things. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, my my bad if that was Echo clear. smart right. speaker. Right, so they put the AZ1 neural edge processor into the new Echo yep. smart speaker. Oh, Which okay. those are goofy looking speakers, but I don't actually care that <laughs> much about how they look personally. Like I've got OGs. every, I got every generation of dot because I end up putting dots everywhere. Just I like being able to audio out. My kids have dot clocks now because they're easy to shut down and control content. Like they're just they're good little audio devices. They can read audio books, all that kind of stuff. But like the original one, which is fat and has the cool spinner on top, just like the original, you know, primary Echo. Yeah, it's kind of an absurd-looking device. Uh, and then the the second, and I think the third, no, it's just the second gen. Looks like a hockey puck. Uh, not attractive. I mean, it's it's uh, it's non-obtrusive. It's just kind of sinks into the background. And then the third generation and later dots, they're all the sort of fabric design that they've, I guess, really taken to. And, and I assume because people have said, yes, that looks nice. Because um, that's what the, the new ones are like an orb version of that fabric. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at them now. I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've also got the panning Echo Show, right? So I guess it's, uh, I mean, did y'all look into it? I, I just looked it up like five minutes ago. Um, I looked looks into like it it's bit. really primarily meant to, you know, do video chats and just yeah. walk, you know, show, you know, pan with you as you walk around a room. I, I could imagine some interesting use cases there. It it does, but not enough for me to go buy one. Actually, of all of Amazon's hardware ecosystem, I think I have been least interested in the show in general, like anything with a screen, because I don't find that I use that stuff enough to justify having an Amazon device with a speaker and a tablet glued to it, right? And I, I'm, that's a little aggressive, but um, it is neat that it pans, that it tracks, that it's going to follow you around the room. And I'm, I'm actually imagining if it were a good, uh, you know, remote conferencing camera and setup like if the speaker really works well for that if the the video is well enough if you got a big whiteboard in your room they would actually be pretty cool in our industry to have a camera that actually follows you but then uh, when you start know. talking I about the point of it I, well, my, my the, issue there, is there are better ways to do that yeah. I, I think it's useful for like personal um use like i we video call with my parents all the time with my daughter and we're walking around the house you know holding an ipad or holding our phones so i think there's value there but the problem that i see with this is it's not using look 
listen, you can only train your parents to use, you know, certain technologies. They can use, they can use the uh, Google's Duo, or mm-hmm. they can use FaceTime. FaceTime. It's like I'm yeah. not about to put. No, nope. in in this that's doesn't support so either one of those. So there's no way I can't yeah. get it because that's there's so no true. way that that's going to work. You know, well, Gosh, I didn't portal, even think about that. Facebook has one too, Portal, and I seem yeah. to remember commercials of Portal being able to do this as well. But to your point, though. These like panning video interfaces really only good for like if you're in the kitchen and you're yep. like you can't actually touch the device and you have to move around, or if you're three years old, right? And you're just <laughs> all antsy and you can't figure out how I to like, sit in front of the old. screen. Yeah. yeah. Well, that actually seems like it would solve a lot of our problems because we're always chasing <laughs> Kate around with the screen in the kitchen. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like what, what you said about Kate, right? So, yeah. you know, if you set the screen on a counter and then they, I mean, they can sit there and it can track. Her back and forth as, as she's talking. Anyway, all right, we got to keep maybe moving. maybe that's what they're going to do. They're going to make it a baby monitor, and you're just going to yeah. be able to put it. You know, it's going to put so it's already got the gimbal to go. Uh, you know, spinning around 360. You put it on something that can do a little pan tilt, and boom, you got yourself a baby monitor that watches tracks your baby. So what's then you the just uh, stop parenting? What's the ring with Tesla announcement? Did y'all see that? I I saw the headline. I have no idea. Uh, I did not. Tesla Sentry Mode is coming to Amazon's Ring. I like this Sentry Mode, especially with that turret. I got all kinds of ideas yeah. about little airsoft guns and stuff attached to my turreted tablet and my drone that's chasing. So does it just connect? Does it connect your so like in your Ring interface? Now you can launch into Tesla and see what's happening there. I, I, I completely missed what it was. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't. Didn't read Ring the details. Getting into automated I don't security. own a Tesla, so I like seeing major advancements in their technology, but not some of the little third-party sundry stuff. Hmm. Okay, what else? Me. What's next? Uh, they announced two new Fire Sticks, and I, I love the Fire Sticks. By the way, I, I think I have one of the one of the original ones at least, um, which are pretty underpowered. That was I want to say it actually came free with one of those dots that I got, but. Um, the, uh, the the 4K, the 4K stick that's been out for, I don't know, two years now. Hmm. What I didn't realize, the announcement yesterday, they, they released a Fire TV Stick Lite. So it's like a cheaper version of the Fire TV Stick, but modern. And then they released, uh, I guess, their new Fire TV Stick. And, and I, I even put it in the show notes. I thought it was an upgrade. It's actually below the capabilities of the Fire TV 4K. Yeah. So... So it, it, it totally like it scratches an itch. Um, I, I see where it fits because it's it's 1080p instead of 4K, which for a lot of people who, who don't realize how close you have to be to a TV to even notice the difference in pixel density between 4K and, and 1080p. That's probably like people are already pushing the limits of what they can do in their living rooms, figuratively speaking. Right. Um, so I understand why it's there. Now the price on the surface is like ten dollars cheaper than the 4K that they already had. Right. But they're also notorious for dramatically discounting like every hardware device ever. So I don't know. It just seems more in the lineup. I think the more exciting news about the Fire TV is the interface design because they finally fixed some of the worst things about Fire TV in general, which is well the interface. And then <laughs> man, user I see people files. complain about this all the time. I have seven Fire TV 4Ks. Uh, there, I don't have, I don't have any issue with the interface at all. And, oh, and one I person don't, I, one they just haven't I saw, updated it in forever. Yeah. And, and that's fine. And, and I'm, I'm comfortable with the update, but I saw a lot of people talking about like, it's, it's crazy how many clicks you have to do to go to your most recent app. 
And then someone underneath that replied and said, two? it's two. And the person underneath <laughs> that was like, yeah, but it's, but it's only one on Roku. So it's oh, like, I mean, the here. things that people find to complain yeah, about are unreal to me. That's splitting uh, hairs. I, I have a bunch of them, too. I was just talking about that. I don't mind the interface. I didn't think it needed a complete overhaul, but this looks good. What it did need was the user profiles. Like you go into Netflix and you can pick an adult channel or a kid channel and you get your shows and your mix. Having Fire TV and not having Fireman Sam come up every time I want to sit down with my wife and watch adult content would it's not critical. It hasn't stopped me from using them, but I'm right. okay with it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I just, I use the Alexa voice search constantly on it. And oh, that's cool. where Roku lacks. And is why I have not ever made a switch to it is I'm constantly <laughs> using it either inside of an app or just in general in the interface. And it just, the voice search on it is, I would say probably, I'm going to say second best. Cause I actually think Google assistant is probably better. And they're releasing mm-hmm. a new, uh, what do they call them? Chromecasts as well. And yeah. that's probably going to have a remote finally in an interface for Google TV. But I, I, I don't think man, I'm switching because it's... I feel for Google here, man. Because uh, somewhere in, in this bevy of announcements, like someone brought up this thing again where it's like Google might have just been a little bit too early to market with whatever technology it was. Because they and, started and, the whole thing. Well, and that's the thing is that like, I, I feel for Google because I don't know, like those of you that aren't familiar with Chromecast, seriously, they're freaking awesome. And they were the day they came out. Like I had an original Chromecast, but I didn't end up with 14 of them, right? Like something about the way Amazon did this. A lot of it was Prime. I, I was included. I, I mean, Cost. I'll tell you what it was right now. The fact that it, it didn't have a controller. Um, yeah, that's a it, good point. The, using your phone as a controller, probably fine for the three of us on here. You want to sure. get my mom to use her phone as a controller? That's Good luck. so true. And yeah, it, you never know where your controller is, and you always know where your phone is. I know. It shouldn't have been the way that it is, but it is. <laughs> I, I never – I mean, I don't have that particular problem. Um, but the I will tell you that that is – and even for me, I, I much prefer the controller. Um, yeah, me too. And so – because I'm even thinking about like when I'm watching TV and maybe I'm on my phone and I'm looking at something and then I'm like, mm. I, I need to switch over to like control what I'm going on. I don't know. I, I'm just – I, I didn't love yeah. it, and that was one reason why I went Fire TV um, in the early days. Quite frankly, was because it had a remote with it, and uh, so that's and and I had Prime, so it was. I think in the early days there weren't there weren't Prime apps as much, and it was mostly Prime on just the Fire TV. So I think they sucked me in that way. Okay, we got five minutes left. Let me come back to the topic we just came off of because I don't want to disappoint our listeners. So while y'all were talking about that, um, I looked up the Ring uh, Car Alarm stuff. So there's actually three different things: Ring Car, car Alarm, Ring Car Cam. And Ring Car Connect. So, two new devices and one API hardware combo aimed at automotive manufacturers, respectively. Um, each of these will be available beginning sometime next year. Ring Car Alarm is an OBD2 wireless device. If you don't know what OBD2 is, when you're driving, if you look down, like you're in the driver's seat, rather, if you look down underneath your dash, usually on the left side, there'll be like a little, I think it's a 32 pin, something like that. Uh, but it's onboard diagnostics. Yeah, OBD2 uh, is great stuff. You, they do all kinds of stuff with OBD2. Yeah, it is, can, it's basically how you interface with sensors the to play with your phone and stuff like that. It's a broad standard on every car, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it can detect uh, any bumps while the car is unoccupied, apparently. I guess there's a, cool. there's a device inside of that. Um, it can detect break-ins when the car is being towed. 
And then you can install a ring car cam, security camera, which can work e- via Wi-Fi or LTE available, um, all this kind of stuff, don't, right? Don't most modern so, Teslas have like a, an array of cameras that, that you that's, can go in? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, why would you get a ring camera for Tesla? Yeah. I thought, I mean, somebody come on the show that has a Tesla, maybe talk about this. I don't, none of us have Teslas, but uh, I was aware that they've got, again, sentry mode, right? This was the other thing, though. It said Ring Car Alarm will require connectivity via Amazon Sidewalk, which I had not heard of. Uh, I low Googled bandwidth. this, and I kept finding something else. And maybe because I didn't realize it was Amazon. But yeah, Sidewalk, yeah. I, I caught that in a headline, too. That's interesting. But tell us so more. So it says, so Amazon, or Amazon Sidewalk is the low bandwidth and free wireless network protocol that Ring's free? parent company is set to take mean? live sometime later this year. What is free? What is free Wi-Fi? I mean, is that what it sounds yeah. like it is <laughs> I, I don't know we're gonna have to look into it we only have three minutes left on the show and i think we have other things we want to talk about so uh, i think we should hit luna real quick oh yeah, gosh yeah you gotta hit luna. luna my goodness go go yeah. so, so i didn't even know so that was luna yeah luna is a cloud gaming service that's coming from amazon and and what that means is is that it is literally a access your games running inside of Amazon's data center. So you don't need any form of local processing in any way, shape, or form. There are other services that exist like this. Google has one called Stadia. Uh, NVIDIA has one called GeForce Now. The the number one thing I'll point out before I go over some of the specifics for all of the people who are sitting here and saying, there is no way you could play a game remotely like that. The latency would be awful, yada, yada, yada. You're wrong. It works. I promise you. Uh, I have I have used every single iteration that exists to this day. Um, I've requested access to Luna as well. They they do vary. They're not as good as local. You're not gonna, you're not going to play Counter Strike on on a, a remote you know cloud gaming service. But for most people and just playing general games like single player games or I mean you could probably even play Rocket League, which is pretty competitive on it. It actually works exceptionally well if you have the appropriate internet uh, as far as bandwidth and latency are concerned uh, and your location does have an effect in it but it absolutely does work and this is coming from someone who has extreme sensitivity to latency inside of games and so luna in particular is interesting here's the number one thing i find interesting there's been a very big issue with playing streaming game services that already exist like geforce now or stadia or microsoft's xcloud on apple devices because they don't follow the App Store guidelines of basically being able to, one, review every single game that goes in there, and two, for them to be able to take a cut out of the App Store's policies from a, from a pricing perspective. Amazon's is launching on I, iOS devices, and it's actually not launching on Android devices to start, which I find incredibly interesting. Huh. The way they're getting around that is with a PWA, a, progressive, uh, a persistent web app. So that's their approach, and I imagine we'll see Stadia and uh, the others kind of follow suit at some point in time. But you can play on a Fire TV with a controller that you can buy from them, a PC, Mac devices, uh, or iPads and, and iPhones to start. And so it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how this works. It's a, it's a $6 per month service. Uh, I will point out that this is not a Netflix of gaming. None of these are Netflix of gaming. They're not a, oh, you pay $6 a month and then you get access to this catalog of games that you can stream. You usually have either a free tier or a paid tier. And then they access different different levels of quality in games. And then you usually still have to buy said games. So just something to be aware of. But you don't really have to buy anything to play. You could just play on your PC with any controller that you already have. And so this is this is a thing. 
it's going to be growing. We, we've seen pretty much every big player get into this uh, over the last couple years. And uh, it is definitely very functional. And it's quite frankly what Microsoft's entire strategy is moving forward with gaming. So uh, it's, it's big to see Amazon enter this yeah. space. I'll be very interested to see how they compete because right now the issue is all about who actually has titles on it and who has the people in it. Ubisoft is backing pretty much all of them, uh, including Amazon here. So you can, you can pay to some of these services like Amazon subscription service, which does give you a catalog of games, and then you could access them on Amazon's Luna. And so very interesting for people who don't want to buy PCs or consoles. That's, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Yeah, no, it's big. And the space is obviously, I mean, borderline getting crowded now, right? So it is. You've, got, you've got a lot of offerings, which means that uh, you're going to start seeing, like video streaming, not saying they're the same because I totally get your points there, but you're going to see the pecking order is going to fall down. I think there are only going to be three that end up being, you know, wildly viable, probably two that are serious. And then a third that's always just sort of there chirping about. But <laughs> yep. uh, More than likely, like everything else. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I, I have got to drop. I've got a yeah. conflict. But something I wanted to bring up, um, it didn't really show up in the news, but I'll bet this impacts a lot of our listeners. It, it caught me by surprise. I don't know if you guys saw it. IFTTT, uh, if this, then that. Uh, they they are now restricting personal automations, um, which your recipes, if you will, to three as a free tier. And for the first time in their history, they are requiring a, a subscription service, a monthly charge wow. uh, for any more than three automations. I was I was bummed about that. I mean, I, I at this point, I'm sure you guys have heard me say this a lot. Like, I, I want developers and platforms like that to be able to make money, right? I, I don't think everything that they should have or everything that they provide should necessarily be free. But as a user of IFTTT for a very long time as a free service, like it just kind of comes out of left field because right now, if you have an account, uh, I don't know if this applies to anybody that signs up, but you can actually kind of set how much you want to pay down to $2 a month um, and they'll honor that indefinitely. So they're saying, um, but even 25 bucks a year, which is not a ton of money, is substantially more than I was paying for Ift. And in my case, like I had a ton of recipes because I have toyed with Ift in lots of different spaces, but I actually only use one of them now. And so like good. I filtered it back down and anyways. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, there's so much more to talk about. We're going to have to catch up on Monday, but uh, go ahead and shut it down and get out of here and y'all have an awesome weekend. Yeah. Oh, man. Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, obviously, super Amazon-centric today. I think those announcements are fun. We didn't even get to hate on the fact that they didn't update some of the other really cool audio equipment that they had that they released like last year or the year before. Their sub, the studio. Oh, there's so much the, else we didn't get connect. to. Oh, like, so much. They, but they like just totally left me hanging. There were some things they announced last year that are freaking awesome, but they didn't quite nail it. Yeah. And I was expecting, like, they're going to fix it. They're going to have a Sonos Connect competitor that is legit amazing, and then nothing. Uh, anyways, so there was a cool, hope uh, everyone Facebook, enjoyed the show. There was a cool Facebook stealth uh, acquisition that happened that I wanted to talk about, too. But we'll pick oh, it up Monday. Monday is going to be good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Have a great weekend. Come join us on the show. Tell us what we missed. I'm sure there's a ton of it today. But... We really enjoyed doing this, and we love that you guys are subscribers and listeners. Go share it with your friends, your family, anybody that you think would enjoy it as well. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you Monday. Later. Booyah, Grandma.